Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 452. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. In the studio today, we have Kathy. Uh, Let me do an applause for you. Thank you. Thank you. Todd. And a fly, the fly. <laughs> Bzzz. Um, how you? How's your relationship with flies been this weekend, sweetie? Not great. Why? I don't. I don't know what the deal was with flies this weekend. I don't know if it was the weather because it was kind of like a heavy, like the barometric pressure. Is that what it is? Like where the air is heavy, right? And so maybe the flies were flying lower or wanted to get indoors, or maybe because <laughs> we have a a hole in a screen somewhere. But yeah. there were just. Flies, and, and I just don't like them. I know. And and what's your technique for um, killing the flies? Being annoyed is my technique. No, your technique is the towel. Oh, you yes. don't use a fly swatter. No, which I think is interesting. He's right there. Technique. He's... Oh, there he is. Technique A is get him to land on the door and open the door. But then why that wasn't working is that then more flies would come in. <laughs> She's <I> would... <laughs> opening the door, everybody. Let's go. So anyway, we're just going to let him be unless he starts buzzing around my head. I always think of, do you remember uh, Cameron, how she loved those Fly Guy books? Yes, of course. And Fly Guy was Buzz. Buzz was his friend. Mm-hmm. Buzz was his owner. So like Fly Guy was his pet. Right. So then I always feel bad, but. Not when there's this many. I feel like this uh, fly is in the studio today to teach us something about tolerance. Mindfulness. Mindfulness. Um, so the reason I wanted you to play... Oh, oh sorry. That? That's my uh, computer. Is that your reminder to wake up? Yes. Um, the reason I wanted you to play um, Poker Face is because... By Lady Gaga. By Lady Gaga. is This is the... Actually, I think it was two days ago or yesterday. It's the 10th anniversary of the fame. And that is the name of the... That album? <coughs> like her first album? Are you all right? Does that make you feel old? Sorry, I just coughed. Well, you know, I think I felt old when the fame came out. So no, I so don't... So now you're old plus 10 years? I just really loved... So I'm 47, so it came out when I was 37. Mm-hmm. So I just really... That album was super important. Did you, do, did you know Lady Gaga beforehand? No. No. So this was your introduction, and I it's think, an album. And let me let me test you: how many songs off that album can you name right now? Oh, like the first six. Um, there was just dance and paparazzi, and um, that one, poker face, and um, nothing else I can say. I think it was actually called A. Um, and then there's one more. That I can't remember. I'm catching you off guard early on a Monday morning. That's okay, because it's a good test. But I remember that on the Fame, and she actually did a deluxe album called The Fame Monster, but they're the last five or six I liked, but they weren't as popular as the first. Like I feel like all the ones she released were in the top right. of the album. Okay, so let me introduce the show. This is podcast number 452. Um I don't know if I said this or not, so if I did, bear with me. Okay. Uh, why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Uh, on today's show, I'm going to talk a little bit about morning and evening rituals, and you're going to talk about power. Correct. Right? Yes. Can we start with my stuff? 
Well, can we start with the conference? Oh, sure. Yes. So for those of you who listen, who missed last week, who missed last week, or you're not on social networking, um, we announced our speakers for the 2019 conference, March 8th and 9th. It's a Friday night and a Saturday. And those speakers are Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach and Julie Lithcott-Hames and Devorah Heitner. Yes. Thank you to the four speakers that will be joining, Kathy and I, and we'll have some surprises Yeah, there's the way. a lot of people attending that I think you guys will be interested to see or meet at the conference, but those are our main speakers. And um, the uh, tickets are, what I've noticed that the tickets that have been bought thus far, and there's been a lot, um, are people flying in. Yeah. So they're obviously trying to get their, you know, their ducks in a their row. Their ducks in a row. And the hotel, uh, we do have a block of rooms at the Westin where the uh, conference is held. So uh, for those of you who got tickets already, you will be getting an email so you can get your room at the hotel for a discounted price. Um, that will be coming soon. And for those of you who don't have your tickets yet, do so. We do have limited space. Yeah. Now it's been okay up until this year, but there seems to be a a Pretty, ground a groundswell a big excitement for this year yes um as all years but extra this year so get your ticket especially since you could take advantage of the $50 off thing that we got going called the early bird special correct early bird special and uh, I'm also doing a pre-conference workshop that day from three to five, that day meaning the Friday. So um, that's already uh, half gone. Mm-hmm. So, and it's um, August. Yeah. So if you want to go to the pre-conference workshop, get your ticket for that too. And then Todd, mm-hmm. you might do a group. If there's them. enough interest, I'll do something with the guys while you're doing something with the women who are doing the pre-conference workshop. Okay. So uh, shoot me an email, Todd at ZenParentingRadio.com if you think you have a man in your life that would... Would like to be a part of that. And then the last thing is we do have Zen Friend. We've gotten a ton of emails in the last couple of days about scholarship options. And that's something that we obviously help with, Todd and I personally, but that we ask people who listen to the show or people who are coming to the conference who can support others mm-hmm. who would like to attend, who maybe have you know, a lot of single moms, a lot of teachers, um, a lot of people who want to bring their teens, a lot of, you know, it support the people. Uh, we have three Zen friends Already. to talk about. I love it. And I think all three of them are Team Zen members. Wow, that's lovely. Uh, Kim is Sour Wine. Jennifer you, Slayton. Thank you, Jennifer. And last but not least, Heather Winninger. Thank you, Heather. From Atlanta. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. I want you guys to know, Todd and I um, will... It, You've already helped three people that I can think of. Yep. Um, so it gets it, it gets matched up pretty quickly, meaning we get an email from someone wanting to come, and then a Zen friend comes in. And so I just want you three ladies to know that you've already helped people. And if you want to uh, be a Zen friend, uh, when you're registering for the workshop, you can. There's a little option there, or you can just go to our support tab on our. Um, website, zenparentingradio.com, and just click on the Zen Friend Giving, and you can help somebody attend the conference if you are so inclined. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, I I want to talk about this last few weeks, uh, rituals, and how um, we we all have them, whether or not we consciously do it or not. And and, And why do I think this is important? Because 
I think it's going to uh, improve the quality of your life if you, um, you know, start putting some of these habits into action. So the first thing I thought about when coming up with this idea is that like we all have it, regardless of whether or not we think to, they may not necessarily be good habits. Well, and you're, you're actually saying two different words that I think people will assume have a different meaning. You okay. said rituals, but now you're saying habits. Right. Um, and they're all, and they, it kind of, kind of blends together a little bit. Um, but let's just stick with rituals. Um, there are times when I have a, um, evening ritual of watching a bunch of YouTube stuff and falling asleep an hour later than I should have. That's a, that's an evening ritual. That's not one I'm proud of. That's not one that I'm happy about. Um, and then same goes for the morning. So I'm, I'm defining my, my quote unquote negative rituals. Here. Okay. Um, morning I put my phone by my bed. First thing I wake up is check my email or anything else that I want to do. So those are morning and evening rituals. The odds of me having a good day as a result of those, is it still possible? Yes, but I'd like to set myself, I'd like to put myself in a position to have a good day. So those are kind of examples of bad ones. And everybody has whatever negative or non-productive morning and evening rituals. I also, when I'm on a roll, like this morning, I woke up a little bit earlier, and I did my 10-minute meditation with my Headspace app, which I'm a big fan of. And then last night, um, I plugged my phone in downstairs and I read my Kindle beforehand. Um, it's just kind of an easy beforehand. way for before I went to sleep. Um, it's just a really good way for me to kind of get tired. And I read a chapter of this Lewis Howes book that I've been reading. So um, if I'm able to do that, then I am much more likely to have a really good day. Like I, when I coach guys, I, I like to talk about bookends, bookending my day, the beginning and the end. Because uh, then what follows in the middle or what precedes the end in the middle is... Um, usually productive and good and healthy and whole. Well, I think people will question what you're saying because how, and again, I know sure. the- Ask uh, away. Well, people are like, why would you have a better day just because you read in the morning or at night? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. The only thing, only thing I can tell you is the evidence that I personally can subscribe to is my days literally go better. But I, I, I think you do know why. Why, like, why? I, I don't mean, I don't mean specific things that happen. But why is the day better if you? Because it's, does it's, it mean nothing happens to you? No, I'm, I, I'm filling up my gas tank. So when. Life does throw me a curveball, which I'm sure it will today. I have an idea of the way my day is supposed to go, and it won't go according to my plan. When that happens, if I know I've had 10 minutes of meditation, um, the, I'm building reserves in my account. So when it does hit the fan, I can actually pull from that. Do you know what I mean? I do. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's people smarter than me that can, you know, more succinctly describe why your day is going to go better. But Well, I think that the thing that we want to make sure people understand is having rituals at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day that are, that we again would call positive. It doesn't mean nothing happens to you during the day. I think what happens is it sets you up for how you're going to handle sure. what happens to you. So if you start your day doing something that you know kind of sets a tone of being calmer or already, like Todd said, you're doing something that kind of fills you up already. Mm -hmm. Then you go into the day more capable of handling what comes your way. And sometimes you don't, if you set a tone for 
what you're going to notice, meaning you're already grateful right. or you've, you know, then you're seeing more things you're grateful for. Sure. So it doesn't mean the things that are hard don't happen because that's the things, thing that people misunderstand. Again, they kind of, as I've been saying lately, they're, they're so on the physical plane right. about things that they're, they'll, they're like, well, but that still happened. So doing a ritual didn't change my day, but how you handled it mm. was totally different. Yeah. And one of the things that I liked, you know, and, and if you're listening to this and you're like, oh yeah, I need to turn my rituals around or lean into it a little bit. My advice would be just change one thing. Cause a lot of times you're like, I'm going to change everything. And it's hard to kind of break these patterns. So, you know, there's some people that can completely reverse their rituals in a decision, but most of us kind of have to lean into it. So if you're the type of person that you know that if you kind of bite off more than you could chew a lot, this is not one of those things to do. So instead of changing everything, your morning and your evening, and you're going to do, you're going to do 10 minute meditation, and then you're going to go for a 15, 20 minute walk, and then you're going to read something that is healthy and productive and spiritually enticing. Um, it's it's a lot of change. So instead, just choose one thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, don't look at a book about what you're supposed to do. I, this is my advice. Now, Todd may say something different, but I would figure out, and this kind of, I'm not going to go in my direction quite yet, but mm. talking about power, figure out what feels good to you as a ritual. Because I think a lot of times what we do is we reach for a book about things I should do in the morning and things I should do at night. And while those can be helpful, and I read them too, if you're really going to start the process of I want a morning ritual or I want a nighttime ritual, what feels good to you? Right. Because especially like Todd said, you're more likely to continue it if it has already felt like um, if this is something that you that sounds good to you, right. like you want to write your gratitudes or you just want to read a book that you've been meaning to pick up at night. What are your rituals, sweetie? Well, um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Uh, morning, I guess my ritual would be my five-minute journal um, that I've had since uh, end of June. Uh, our friend Debbie Reber, who was on the show, um, she wrote the book called Differently Wired, and she came this summer to do a show with us. And um, one of the things she mentioned to me was that she does, that she picked up the five-minute journal. And I had never seen that book before. I've journaled my mm -hmm. whole life, but so I ordered it and it's been really wonderful. What, um, what does a page look like? So they're just blank pages that say, you know, it'll, there'll be a quote on the top and then it'll say uh, three things that you're grateful for, one, two, three. And then it'll say, how can I make today great? One, two, three. And then daily affirmation. And, you know, it's funny because on Amazon, people are complaining like, I can't believe I'm spending money on this book that has repetitive pages. I'm like, duh. Like that's the whole point of it is to have this laid out for us already. Right. Um, so we don't have to write, this is my daily affirmation. And we're also, to me, simplifying gives me more space to actually do it. Yeah. If I have to pick up a blank notebook, yeah. then I have to come up with the first sentence or the first gratitude. Whereas if I already have a format mm -hmm. and I love it. Right. So I do that. That's the first thing I do. Um, and that helps because I have to turn on my lamp. So there's a lot of things that go along with ritual. Yeah. Like I put my uh, pillows a certain way. I sit up, I grab the book, I turn on my lamp so that you wake up a little more. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and if it, it's funny, I don't want you to look through it because it's obviously mine, but the number one gratitude majority of mornings is sleep. Mm. 
I'm so appreciative of sleep. For sure. And it's obviously... Last night I said to you, I'm like, I'm so excited to go to sleep. I know. Sleep is wonderful. What a wonderful gift it is. It is. And when you have had experiences of not being able to sleep, I know you have too, you really do. It's not appreciation like, oh, isn't it great to sleep? It's like, I'm so blessed. Well, and to be a little paradoxical here, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people would say, well, I don't have time to journal or I don't have time to get in my 15 minute walk beforehand. And honestly, the easiest way to kind of lean into these new rituals is simply to wake up a little bit earlier. Right. Which takes discipline, which is not an easy thing to do. And if you're saying just to start something simple, like the five-minute journal or journaling can take five minutes minutes or two. Yeah, it's less than five minutes because it's all laid out for you. It's bullet points. I love it. You Even if you wanted to write a lot, you wouldn't be able to. You can't. There's not enough space. I don't know if you... Well, again, you haven't seen it, but I've had to like write around the edges. I've actually... I wish they had like a few blank lines Mm -hmm. because... Of course you do, because you like to write a lot of stuff out. I would not fill in a single line. I would write one or two words and feel accomplished and feel good about it. So, um, so, but one thing that's interesting, and this isn't about the kind of like deep dive that we're going regarding rituals, but I will describe in my opinion, what Sweetie's rituals look like as far as when you're getting ready to go to bed. Oh. You do like 42 things. <laughs> you do, you wash your face and you brush your teeth. Then I don't, what, what, you got to floss. You floss. I love to floss. What else do you do? There's a lot of things in there. Um, You mean like starting with go? Yeah, do you like, want to start downstairs with locking the doors? Well, and- we'd be here all day, but can you give <laughs> us a Reader's Digest version of, of the, because I'm, I'm contrasting it with mine. Okay. So after everything downstairs is done, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of downstairs rituals, obviously making sure the girls are where they are, even if they're not asleep yet. Um, then I wash my face and I floss and I brush my teeth and then I put lotion on my face and then I cream on and then I... Um, uh, let's see, I get into bed, I put lotion on my hands and feet. I put my yoga toes on, um, you know, yoga toes. And then I do my five minute journal because there's a night portion. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I played word cookies. Mm -hmm. Um, I love word cookies. Um, and sometimes I read, um, my book right now I'm reading Danny Shapiro's book, which is really good. Uh, what else do so I do? So that takes about 10 minutes. I mean, you get in your night shirt or whatever it is, yeah, your kind of comfortable clothes, shirt. Yeah. So what I do is if I'm lucky, I brush my teeth and then I take off the shorts that I wore that day. So I'm Maybe. just in my underwear. Maybe. And, Sometimes you just get in bed. And I get in a bed. <laughs> and it takes about 13 seconds. Yes. And it's wonderful. Like yeah. I gain 10 minutes every day because I don't do all that stuff that you do. I know, but it, it, let's talk about ritual for a second. Sure. Some of it let's. I do, let's. Um, some of the things I do, I obviously do to take care of my well-being. I haven't not washed my face in probably at night in what, 27 years? Even the night of your bachelorette party. I did. I know Todd will like sometimes would be like, but you didn't wash your face on whatever night. I'm like, I did. Even when we drove to... Even when we drive overnight to Florida, yeah, because every year we drive to Florida and we, you know, go through the night. When we stop mm. at the gas station, I have a bag with a washcloth and I wash my face. Right. So even if it's one in the morning, and that is a, I think sometimes ritual is in place 
for health, but it's also in place for a shift. Mm -hmm. Because when I wash my face... You're like getting ready to start going into REM sleep. Exactly. There's a shift. I hear you. So so that's why when you get into bed in a sweater and your shorts, I don't understand what shift occurred. Because no, there's been no shifts. Um, I don't need it. Yeah, you don't. You're very blessed with your sleeping habits. I just laid out. And, and then you start jumping. And then I start jumping. And then Todd will try and like, I'll be reading still, and he'll like roll over to kind of like be sweet and snuggle. And then he starts jumping, so he starts hitting me yeah. really hard. And it hurts. And I'll be like, you got to Does move. everybody jump before they, when they go from awake to asleep? I don't know. I assume. Are all three of our kids do. Yeah. I do. You do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Does everybody do that? I think if I remember correctly, it's our muscles. Yeah. That are relaxing. Right. And so they just, they jump. That's what's funny. If they're relaxing, why are they jumping? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. I remember, yeah, I don't know. And sometimes it's so strong that you feel like you're falling. Have you ever had that? Like where it wakes you up because you Mm. jump so big? Um, Sometimes I get woken up because I jump so high. I know. And jump, you know, we're just saying that our our arms and our legs just contract. Yeah. They just, it's weird. It's just like shivers or something. And then, but you do it like so sporadically that you really do kick and hit mm-hmm. a by accident. And then mm-hmm. you'll say, I'm sorry. That's because of my power, sweetie. I'm just <laughs> such a powerful being. Um, so I was going to get into, I was going to take a deep dive into habits and all that other stuff, but I want to be respectful of your topic. Well, what is the, what is the deep dive? What do you mean? Um, well, uh, one, one real quick side note from what we were just talking about is uh, remember on TV shows, like everybody's like in pajamas, like totally. literally pajamas. Totally. Do people get into like, I'm thinking of Mr. Brady. Yeah. He like got his blue PJ bottoms. That he would button up. And then he would button them up. Yeah. Is that a, is that, this is weird. <laughs> oh, I think there's people who do that. Really? Yeah. Well, when my girlfriends and I get together, um, I have two or three girlfriends that always have really nice pajamas. Um, I'm a and are they wearing that because gal. they know they're going to be with you guys? Maybe. Or do you think they... I don't know? I know I, some of my girlfriends sleep naked. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you used to do that too? I used to sleep naked, but yeah. now I got these kids that crawl right. in and right. you know trying to be respectful of them. Yes. Um, so yes, I think that there are people have again these are habits and rituals, right. right? And we all have. I kind of since I was a teenager, t-shirt. That's you just yeah, a t-shirt. You like, just there's wear nothing a better than a t-shirt. A really big t-shirt, which is why whenever I do a walk or go to a conference, I always get an extra large mm-hmm. because that's what you sleep in. Yeah. I have very few t-shirts that I wear mm-hmm. during the day like you. You wear t-shirts every day. Uh, yes, I love t-shirts. They're my favorite. But to me, so like when I'm like, oh, I want an extra large and people are like, no, that'll be too big. I'm like, duh. Mm-hmm. It's the second time I've said duh on this show. I just want to sleep in it. I know. Comfort. Yeah. Comfort. That's right. Without further ado, oh, actually, I want to talk about our partners before we start sure. talking about power. Sure. Uh, our first partner is Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. He is. Um, uh, he does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. His website is avidco.net, 630-956-1800. Um, I want to talk about our other partner this week. Sweetie, what do you think about furniture shopping? Oh, my God. You know what I think about for furniture shopping? What? Um, so we have a partner called campaignliving.com. You want something that looks great and will last, but you don't want to spend five grand on a sofa, sweetie? I don't. Want to spend five grand? I heard the grill won't cost five grand on this. Five grand. You have five grand? I don't have five grand. 
<laughs> Farmer Ted. Farmer Ted. Uh, but let's be real. You don't need bulky, oversized furniture that requires movers just to get it in the door, let alone up the stairs. The founder of Campaign felt exactly the same way, so he built a company made for people like us. Uh, Campaign makes sofas, chairs, love seats, and ottomans that are built to last. Everything they sell is made using high-quality materials like steel frames that come with a lifetime guarantee. Campaign's furniture arrives in just a few days in a flat-packed box, so you don't have to schedule a delivery and wait around for it. Each piece is also made to assemble in just a few minutes. You don't even need any tools. However, I do like uh, the tools that I use to build stuff for the girls. I know. What tools? What I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I, oh, I was going to say, we don't have What tools. I do is I put up shelves. That's as close <laughs> as I do to assemble. And then sometimes it. he has to take them down and put them back up because the holes are in the wrong place. I know. Measure twice, cut once. Um, so anyways, and my favorite part is that they have easy to remove covers so you can change the look of your home without having to buy a new sofa. So here's what I want you to do. Check out campaignliving.com to see the goods. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Save 75 bucks off any sofa, love seat, or chair when you use code Z-E-N at checkout. That's Zen. That's campaignliving.com. Use the code Zen for 75 bucks off your order. So for those of you who are taking your kids to college, if they need a little sofa for their dorm room or something. There you go. It's actually good timing. Um, so go to campaignliving.com. Use Zen as your coupon code and get 75 bucks off. And it's funny. I just texted two of my friends who um, have sons that are going away to college uh, just to check in on them to see how they're doing. Mm -hmm. And one guy got back to me, but it's so funny. And I think we talked about this maybe a year ago when, when uh, Maddie went when to Maddie school, went to school. but um, I so often just think about the mom and how the mom is going to be able to handle that their child is now going off to school. And I'm trying to set an intention to support my friends, male friends who have uh, children going off. So Maybe it's just a quick little reminder to all the guys out there that have buddies that are losing their kids to the college university experience. Just check in on them and tell them you're thinking about them. Yeah. Well, and it's silly to think, of course, you know, maybe the mother potentially has a greater shift because maybe they've been more hands-on at home, maybe. Right, right. Um, but that's not always the case. And I think it's a change for the whole family. Like, right. how are the siblings doing? How are... It's it's really hard um, when somebody leaves. And not, you know, I know that they'll come home. You know, like I, we were just saying, you know, my niece left for school. She's a junior this year, and my nephew is a freshman. And we know we're going to see them, and we have plans, and we're going to visit them. It just, for their home, for my sister's home... The whole dynamic is different. Yeah. Well, and now they're empty nesters. My yeah. sister doesn't have any children at home. It we, just changes so, everything. Sometimes we talk about uh, the we. I have one friend, and you have one friend that has triplets. Yeah, crazy. Oh my god, that's the thing. Is like to say goodbye to everybody. At once. Talk about a dynamic. I mean, it, dynamic doesn't even do the word. It's not, that sounds too formal. Talk about like an emotional upheaval mm -hmm. because it's like the you know to me everything is feeling and so that the house would feel so different right i mean you'd really have to fill it with new things no because doubt. i think that's why a lot of people get dogs and stuff yeah maybe we should get a bird when jc goes to school um i'm sure birds are wonderful creatures mm -hmm. it just doesn't seem like a real good pet but here we got a rabbit and we love it i had a parakeet growing up because my sister was allergic to animals what words would it say no, that was my aunt Peg's parakeet. Oh, she she but had a parakeet. Say words. Yeah, she had a parakeet named Kinky, and it used to drink beer occasionally. Yikes. And it would say that it was pretty. It would say it was a pretty bird. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I, my aunt is probably listening to this too right now. Yes. And we loved that bird and it did know how to talk. Um, but we got a bird named Valentino um, and it went, it flew behind the TV and that was it. It died? Yeah. I think it got what? electrocuted. How do you get electrocuted from flying behind a TV? I don't know. I don't know that whole story. Maybe my mom will tell me this week what that story is. Like I'm thinking maybe a bit of wire, but even so, like it's not an easy thing. Maybe to, it got stuck? Yeah, I think it maybe got stuck. I just, I have the memory of telling that story. It flew behind the TV, but nobody except for you ever asked, what does that mean? Yeah, I think that that's a problem. I know. I need more details. <laughs> I don't know if I want to know. I know. It might be harmful to my psyche. Okay. Power. So anyway, I the reason I want to talk about power is because I've had a few friends and clients I've been talking to in the last couple of weeks about um, when we're, let's see, I, there's this is so deep, like we're, when we're challenged by something and how things keep coming up for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've talked about this on the show a lot, just about how when you resolve something or when you start to feel at peace with something, it doesn't mean, okay, now, um, that will never come up again. Things as much as I wish that it wouldn't. Correct. It does. But I think we, we, and I'll, I'll say collectively, we get frustrated by that, that like, why am I having to deal with this? Or why is this coming back again? Or why is this showing up in a different way? Or sometimes we perceive it to be something different, but really it's the same thing over Mm. and over again, Mm -hmm. the same, belief system that we have or the same issue that we've dealt with since childhood. And then it comes up again and again. And I think that, um, I was telling someone last week that there is an acceptance of that rather than a, it shouldn't be this way. And I'm not sure, um, that that always lands well with people. Mm -hmm. I think that that's frustrating. Like I think that the idea that, um, that you never get over it. Yeah. Yeah. I think and and it does suck. That's but sentence, our ego wants to say, hey, you're done with this, move on to the next issue. Right. And I think that sentence that you said, you'll never get over it, that sounds disempowering. Yeah. Okay. Um, and really what it is is if some if you've struggled with something, it's funny because I think in yoga it's uh considered it's called a samskara, samskara, which is we have an imprint inside of us mm-hmm. for always. And that can be a love imprint, you know, that can be something beautiful and lovely. And then there's also imprints that we have inside of us that we maybe would rather not have, but if we can shift our view on it, it doesn't have to, we don't have to fight against it so much. Mm -hmm. Um, I think samskara is the right word, S-A-M-S-K-A-R-A. And I'm bringing this up because I think that if we, it's kind of like scar tissue, Right. You know, Mm -hmm. even when, you know, I used to get frustrated and people say, oh, you got to heal that wound and then you'll get over it. Even when you heal a wound, like, I don't know about you guys, but if I look at my skin, um, just, you know, my most surface level of being is I have scars on my body that demonstrate things that happened to me. Still there. Like I looking at one right now that's from our rabbit, Greeley, who passed away. Oh, I thought that was from Sam. Well, Sam did that one. Got it. My iguana scratched me there. My rabbit scratched me there. And it reminds me of them. Like yeah. I, it wasn't like a wonderful moment. And it moment. doesn't hurt anymore, but you no, can see it. I can see it. And so that's a little bit like what happens inside of us. And sometimes when we're dealing with something emotionally, we get really pissed that it's coming back up. And it's really no different than these scars from Greeley and, yeah. and Sam. You know, these are just things that are part of us. They, And so how does that connect to power? I think that a lot of times when we say, well, there's just things that we have and we have to deal with it, that can sound disempowering. 
But what power is, is when we recognize our capacity to handle it differently or to recognize it faster, Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of having a, like a shorter, uh, Mm -hmm. duration of recognizing what's happening or going about it in a more healthy way. Um, you know, I realized, you know, for me personally yesterday, and I guess I've always known this, but sometimes it's, it's hard to bring it up is that sometimes when I get really overwhelmed, um, I just need to have some kind of big energy release, right? right? Because it kind of, I'm no different than anybody else. When things back up in our bodies, um, it needs to go somewhere, you know, and we can, it can, a lot of us um, have this experience and instead of being conscious of what's happening, we do yell at someone or we have road rage or we start hitting things or throwing things or, you know, we, we use the energy. Sometimes we harm a little bit. We react. We react. And, and I realized I was struggling yesterday or the day before feeling a lot of, you know, first week stuff. And a lot of my friends were struggling and there was just a lot. And once I like had a really good cry, I was like, Oh, that felt better. Do you know what I mean? Like that, but I couldn't get there by myself. How did you get there? Well, you started asking me questions. Um, and then, but the cry that I had was very, and you wouldn't recognize this probably, but it was very like kid-like, like it was really painful and yucky. Is this the one on the front porch yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's yucky, but it's also very powerful because then I was like, okay, now I have a little space. Well, and it's funny because when you were crying, I knew because I've been married to you for 16 years and I do certain amount of work, I knew that you're creating space. I wasn't about to tell you, but I knew that this was a cleansing process. Yeah. And you could have gone there without my help. Possibly, yes. Well, and a lot of times I I get there by getting angry enough or sad enough that mm-hmm. it eventually comes out. And you can't force that. Like that that's the thing, is like I had no idea I was gonna cry, but mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I have some space. And then I cried then you asked me like thirty minutes later another question and I cried again mm-hmm. for these other people that I had been thinking about. And then I was like, Okay, now I'm better. Mm-hmm. Like, but this sounds so simple. Um and, and it's a lot more complex then we'll sometimes be like, yeah, I'm upset. I cry. I'm better. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times when we're struggling, we don't even know what we need. No, you didn't know what you needed. And Mm-mm. I'm not close to a perfect husband, but I, we've been through this enough to know, you know, because you said to me many times in the t- previous 24 hours, you're like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And I knew you weren't fine. I could just kind of feel your energy. And, and, Five years ago or two years ago, I'd been like, all right, you're fine. You're going to figure this out yourself. I'm going to go on my computer. I'm going to go watch a show or something like that. And I knew that that's that balance. I think I told you, I'm like, I need to give you um, space while at the same time I need to engage, which is a complete paradox and contradiction. Mm -hmm. But and and that's it. That's a dance that every couple needs to figure out. And I know I'm kind of hijacking this topic a little bit for you. It's totally fine. But um but that, that is the intuition that only comes from being with somebody for a certain amount of time. Like I couldn't do this the first five years of our marriage because I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't self-aware enough. You probably weren't self-aware enough. And, and that doesn't mean that we haven't figured out either, by the way. We know we've already come to the resolution right. that we have not, we, we are never going to have this figured out. But I am getting better at finding that balance between 
nudging you to to maybe propel you to kind of create this space through tears or laughter or whatever course it takes, while at the same time um, uh, stepping back. Because if I push too hard, you're going to be like, give me some space, dude. Well, and I think the thing that I have a hard time with is that what makes me feel disempowered is not common language. And I, and I know you get this, but I feel like every time I'm feeling this way, I have to explain because sometimes we're so, again, we're so surfacey. Yeah. Like I want to say what's bothering you. What's bothering you. Oh, you don't want to drive the kids. Okay. I'll drive the kids. Oh, wait, you just need sleep, go sleep. And that's way too, right. again, on the physical Overly plane. simplistic. It Totally overly simplistic. And I know you're not going to like be able to dive into what I feel internally, but mine is so different. Like I, you know, I've had a week of my girls going back to school and they all have different feelings and emotions and challenges and issues. And I pick up on that all week and I feel them all week plus me with the shift into out of summer, which is hard. And then it gets to a point where it's just too much. And so some will say, well, what happened? Well, nothing happened. It's just a buildup well, of- kind of like when I got home on Saturday, you would have been fine if I would have gotten yes. home at like five two hours and I got earlier. home at seven. Right. And you, you didn't me. know when that, because I'd be like, well, just tell me when you want me home. <laughs> you don't know when you're going to hit that breaking point where like, I've been on too long today. I need my husband back in this right. house to help out. Right. And so anyways, and it, so even that is simplistic because it wasn't just about the day. No, it was an accumulation of a lot of stuff. And me as a husband, what I want to do is, okay, let's make a list of all the things that are bothering you and let's fix every single one of them one at a time. That's the worst thing that I could have done. Or, oh, okay. From now on, I'll get home at seven. Mm -hmm. No, that's because there may be days that I could care less. There could be days where you don't want me home for whatever reason. Correct. And so all of these understandings. Standings. So like there's so many layers of, of what I what I'm trying to call power right now. The first one is having an awareness of how you tick and being okay with that. Because I think for a long time, if I was struggling with something because other people couldn't understand it or put words to it, I just thought I was wrong. Yep. I think that's where emotional people are called or sensitive people or empaths are are considered weak mm. is because in the uh, experience of our, again, physical plane world, you can't see what they're experiencing. And so there's a feeling of nothing's happening to you that I can see, therefore nothing's happening to you. And I think what emotional people are, again, it's whatever words you use, highly sensitive, empathic, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not so caught up in the label anymore, but just that if you go through the world feeling the energy of the world or feeling the energy of other people, it's a beautiful thing, but it's really hard sometimes. And there is a sense of, you know, if if you just understand that instead of shame yourself, then you know how to present it, present it and, and then you know how to stand in it. Because the truth is, is you're never going to fully get it. And that's okay. I, it's not, I don't, you. When you say you not, you mean like me or you yeah, yourself? you. Like okay. what I mean is that you understand I don't fully me. get it. I just know that you're wired differently Correct. emotionally. Correct. So it's not about, I don't need Todd to recite back to me every single thing I'm feeling to validate my experience. My experience 
experience is this. This is what happens, and it's difficult, and I don't really live on the physical plane that much. Everything to me is – I'm not bothered by things that a lot of people are bothered by, yeah. base, the basic things. But I am – if I come into the house and there's a certain vibration in the house, I got to figure out how to deal with that. Yeah. You know, so very different. I, I, that's not the path I want to go down. Now, the so that's the first layers. You have to be self-accepting and self-understanding. That in itself is powerful because then you understand why you're going through the experience you're going through. And then maybe you can relay it to somebody who loves you, who you can, you know, it, it could be someone. you can't do it if you're feeling guilty and shameful correct. at the same time. That's disempowerment yeah. times 10 yeah. because you're already like, I shouldn't feel this hey, way. Yeah. And, you know, that comes up on Team Zen a lot. And that comes up with my own clients is I know I shouldn't feel this way or I know I should. And, and that's I always want to stop and be like, why? Why shouldn't you? So for somebody who cuts their hand, we say, oh, that hurts because I can see that cut. But for somebody who walks into a room and picks up everyone's negative energy and ha- and holds it. Because we can't see it, we're like, you're not in pain. It's like the same stigma against mental illness. Exactly. And that's why we're such advocates, mm-hmm. you know, having had our own experience with mental wellness, you know, and having people in our family who struggle with it, friends, everybody, yeah. come on. You know, like, I'm tired of, sometimes I- We so, all do. Like, we all do. I get depressed. I get sad. Right. I, you know, and that's not meant, I want no, to be No, sadness clear. is not right. Right. But mm-hmm. we all have these moments where we're like, what's wrong with me? Or not just moments. Periods of time, you know, if it be something, even for someone who's just experienced postpartum, you know what that is. And so to be like, that's other people. We've all had issues with mental wellness and, you know, all of us deal with that in our family, but because we can't see it, we're like you, you know, because we can't see it on a physical way, we oftentimes don't give enough credit to it. You can't see it on a scan. Mm -hmm. So we're like, no, that's not really a thing. So... That's and but it starts with the person who's experiencing it, yes. having a sense of themselves. Because if they can't communicate that with a clear mind, right, clear conscience, a clear, uh, there's almost a confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I am having this experience. And this, at the risk of being male female here, I think a lot of women would be like, yeah, this this is my feeling, but I don't know what's wrong with me, and I'm nuts, and and you're so easy and stoic husband. You're so strong and I'm not. And these are the things that I, that they, they drive me crazy partly because I lived a lot of my life that Mm -hmm. way. So it's not so much pointing at other people. It's like remembering that, that that's a samskara for me, you know, is really being like, well, am I really feeling this way? I need other people to acknowledge. And if other people do, then I am. Right. And feelings don't lie. Feelings don't lie. They are the truth system in our body. They literally are the truth, the truth tellers. Um, One quick thing. And I, I love this book that we've talked about on our show, 15 commitments of conscious leadership in chapter one is all about above the line, below the line, above the line is when you're open to learning and accepting and below the line is when you're defensive and you're an ego and all that. And there's a moment this weekend where, uh, and the idea is not to get from the below the line to above. The idea is to just locate where you acknowledge are, your acknowledge belief. where you are. And there was a moment where I started kind of going through bullet points in my brain of, you know, cause you were upset. Um, and I, I started thinking about, all the reasons why you shouldn't be and all. And I, I got into defensive mode in my brain and, um, I, I used this tool, the above below line. I'm like, right now I am trying to defend my position and to talk to your wife who's upset from a place of defensiveness is a recipe for disaster. So I removed myself 
uh, from it. I think I got on the computer or something because it was my stuff and nothing to do with you. It's like, I am in a really bad place right now. And I, I'm just appreciative of this very simple lesson because I'm like, I'm below. I'm, 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 I'm keeping score of this or that, or I'm defending. And it was just a really helpful moment for me. And I've, I've read the book a few years ago, but it's still teaching me. And, you know, on that note, uh, the, just to kind of pull back from what Todd's saying, because I think a lot of times because we are, we have egos, um, when we're, when we're not thinking about the oneness and about how we're all, you know, the same, when we're an ego, we're like, I'm going to do this right. Mm-hmm. She's struggling. She has problems, but I'm going to do this right. This is not what you're saying, sure. but this is where we go in ego. I do this too. Sure. I do this when I'm working with someone where I'll be like, oh, they're really struggling. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help them. The thing is, is you think there, there's the reason you, like you said, you're just checking off things like, well, I did this and I did this. So therefore she shouldn't feel that way. Right. When the truth is, is the things that you do that you're checking off your list have nothing to do with why I'm feeling what I'm not feeling. Not at all. I, I'm not, it's the opposite of presence. It's the opposite. Exactly. And so a lot of times this whole surfacey argument of I did this, you did this, you're not even touching yeah. what we're trying to deal with. You're talk about not being in power. Yeah. Like you think you're going to win because of all these things you're going to check off your list of things that you've done. Right. And you're not even acknowledging what this person is feeling or experiencing because what they're feeling or experiencing m- may you may not even be able to comprehend it. Right. And that's not, that has nothing to do with intelligence. That's got to do with the difference of how we're built. Right. I, the, the things I'm not worried about Todd taking the garbage out. Right. I appreciate that he does it, but I can do that too. Right. But what I need for him to understand is that the, the, you know, the emotional load that I carry, not because I'm a better person, but because I'm built a certain way can get heavy, even if he can't see it. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the difference. Now, the other thing about power that I wanted to say, just to kind of go in a little bit of a different direction, just how many minutes do we have here? About five. So is that I think sometimes, you know, my girls are getting older and they obviously have people that they follow either on YouTube or, you know, reality stars, you know, the Kardashians of the world, where I know because of their age, they perceive them as powerful because of the money that they have or the status that they have or how many YouTube followers or how many clicks or whatever it may be. And that's very normal and child developmentally appropriate. And it's very kind of a basic level of thinking sure. of this person's powerful because of this. And so, you know, a lot of times when we're talking to our kids and we're like, oh, they're not powerful, that they're not going to buy that because yeah. obviously, you know, unfortunately, Kylie Jenner is now the most wealthy under 25 human who's ever lived Yikes. over Mike, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh my gosh. I know. She just surpassed That's him. That's crazy. I cannot believe that. I know. And she's 21 years old. And she. What does she sell? She sells like makeup kits. How is that possible? I know that this is where you're going, but I can't believe that that's more valuable than the owner of Facebook. But. I know. Well, and you also have to remember she's got the show. She's got Keeping Up with the Kardashians. She's got yeah, modeling weird. contracts. Yeah. She's got multiple sure, sure, sure. streams of in- income, but she just hit a billion. Mm. So um, that is, so to say to my child, no, she has no power, you know, that doesn't make any sense because on a physical plane, it it appears that she does. But I think as we get older, what we recognize is that where real real power comes from is 
having a sense of our own values and what we want to do because what I want to get, it's it kind of, I'm trying to thread together having Lady Gaga at the sure. beginning of the show and, you know, what power is because I think the people that I respect and honor the most are the people who, a lot of them who, you know, something like the fame mm-hmm. when that came out, she really was super powerful, right? Yeah. You know, had the number one album. You know, she was wearing the meat dresses, mm-hmm. you know, it was all that kind of thing. Influence. Influence and just people and, and eyeballs. Yeah. You know, what is this woman doing? Paparazzi, that whole thing. And I think it works for a while. And I think people get to a point where they're like, this isn't, well, I know this, this isn't doing what I thought it was going to do. Yeah. You know, it's the Jim Carrey thing where he's like, I wish everybody could be a millionaire so they could recognize this is not where it comes from. Yeah. I'm Kylie Jenner. I, you know, she just became a mother, by the way, at 21 years old. I I highly doubt she wakes up every day going, life is so easy and wonderful. I don't feel sorry for her. That's not it because she's got a lot of gifts, but she struggles too. Of course. You know what I mean? Everybody does. But we keep going after the same things, meaning I think, you know, when Michael Jackson passed away, um, I remember there was an article written about him. And it was saying that his whole life, um, he had, and Oprah talks about this all the time because she relates it to her letting go of the Oprah Winfrey show, that his whole life after Thriller was trying to get back to something bigger than Thriller. Yeah. And there was, and there was, he wasn't finding it. Mm. First of all, because you can't top Thriller, Thriller, because yep. it's a you know phenomenon, and also because that's not worth. Even if he topped Thriller, right, he would have to top. Th- the next one. It's funny when you bring that up. I think of Man in the Mirror, which happened well after yes. Thier, Thriller. That is a lot more, that yes. song and video is a heck of a lot more impactful than Thriller. Than to Billie me, Jean. Yeah, than exactly. Than Billie Jean. Yeah. Anyways, it's just, I, I'm, I'm more, and you're not saying this, but I kind of like quiet power. That's, or, well, that's beautiful. That's exactly what I'm talking about here is what is quiet power? Quiet power is when you are being who you are mm-hmm. and you are coming from a place of this is what I do, like, for example, Lady Gaga, you know, I'll just use her again. She wanted to go do an album with Tony Bennett. Mm-hmm. Do you think her agent was like, yeah, yeah, great idea, great idea, maybe, maybe. But she was like, this is what I do. And she's going to be in this movie yep. coming up and, you know, this Bradley Cooper movie. And she's she's like, Here's... Or you can say this Lady Gaga movie with Bradley Cooper in it. Well, he directed it. Oh, it's kind of his movie. Yeah. And he's starring in it and he sings in it and all that good stuff. And so Oscar she... buzz. I know. I'm so excited. Um, but my point is, is I get more excitement watching people be who they are yeah. than watching someone stay on the top at number one. Like... It, it, forgive me for all you people who love like Rihanna, because I do really like Rihanna, but I kind of see her doing the same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing. Do, and maybe she's doing things that I don't know about. Well, and we might be going in different directions here, but I, the way I measure my own humanness and everybody else's is growth and contribution. Yes. Are yes. you organically growing into your most authentic self and are you contributing back to the world? Right. Maybe Kylie Jenner is giving... 10% of her billion Maybe estate. Is. Maybe she is. I, I don't know if she is or not, but so I, I have more respect for somebody who has $100 that gives 10 than somebody who has a billion that gives a lot less than X amount. Exactly. And it sucks to talk about specific people because we really don't know, no, right? we like, don't. For all I know, she's doing that. Exactly. Same and maybe she's doing it anonymously, which is, meant even for more. me, the highest form of human 
nature is anonymous giving. I, who knows? Yes. And same with Rihanna. Like, I love her music. I just, I, what I see is her being number one. You know, she keeps she's getting... Part of, she's part of a machine. Uh, yes. And many artists are, you know. But, you know, the, the thing that I... Like, you know, it's funny. I was just reading in... Um, then we got to close up the shop. There. I know. I know. It's my last comment. There's so many more things I want to say. But I was reading in Maria Shriver's book. Uh, she was talking about... Because Maria Shriver obviously comes from a powerful family. You know, she's a Kennedy and she is around powerful people all the time and, you know, married a powerful man and all, you know, so she knows power in that surfacey way. But she was talking about these nuns that she met who, you know, it's not the nuns on a bus, but similar, remember mm -hmm. nuns on a bus, of course. you know, women who are going out there and, you know, speaking about yeah. what it means to be like a, a true giver and Supporter, but she talked about specifically Sister Joan, who that's a whole nother show. But and she said, Sister Joan and the others have helped me change my own opinion of power. Power comes from values, from purpose, and from within. The women I spent time with this week may not be running for president of the United States, but they step up for others every single day. Every single day they speak out as themselves for others. Mm -hmm. And that can be in the entertainment industry, that can be in your home as a parent, that can be um, on the PTA, that can be in your as a CEO of a company. Like, are you being you or are you trying to have that Oops, surface sorry. level of power? Just two different things. Yeah. And I think that I, I'm not quite sure because of the time we only have a minute that I can thread all that together, <laughs> but it all makes sense to me. Let's let the listener thread it together, sweetie, <laughs> okay. instead of us close all the loose ends. So all right. um, if you're interested in being a Team Zen insider, awesome person that gets with us twice a month, uh, go to our website, zenparentingradio.com, and click on Team Zen. Um, we have a few reviews. I'm just going to name the people who did it because they're awesome. Scott Vienna from Virginia, Amy Rose from Kansas City, Kennedy Company from the USA, Smart Fox from the USA, and I feel like there's somebody I'm oh, missing. That's oh, a lot of reviews. Uh, WNC Sarah uh, and J -J -J Jules from the USA. So we got a Thank bunch of re you. reviews. And um, uh, I feel like there's other conference. things. Conference. Get your conference tickets on parentingconference.com. Team Zen, um, men's group, tribe men's group, all that good stuff. So just go to our website. You'll find it. Um, and then that's it. Keep trucking. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. And we're going to close with uh, a little... Powerful woman. Well, I was going to, but my computer is not cooperating. Oh, so bummer. let's just go with this. Oh, not that. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's 25 bucks a month where you'll get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions. If you can't join us live, don't worry. You can still access all Zen talks through the Team Zen podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page and get discounts on everything that we offer. Get your tickets for our annual Zen parenting conference on March 8th and 9th, 2019. Sweet. Get your brave on with Glennon Doyle, Abby Wambeck, Julie Lithcott-Hames, and Devorah Heitner, and enjoy a weekend in a warm and friendly environment of like-minded people. Tickets are available at zenparentingradio.com. Sweetie, it's going to be off the hook. I know. 
Um, interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events, or you can purchase one of my three books. They're not your three books. Well, your three books. Thank you. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you anything, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Um, guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? Good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, FaceTime, you choose. If you're in Chicago, contact me about the tribe. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. And don't forget about our 2019 Unplug, Connect, and Transform Retreat. More, more on that later. Special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft, from Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support, Jeremy. Sweetie, he's a bald head of beauty. I know this. All right, everybody, keep trucking. See you next week. Adios.